a Radio 191 FM podcast. From slinging breakfast on Radio 1 to being the mayor who gets it done, it's time for our fortnightly catch-up with Dunedin's mayor, we're Squawking with Hawkins. That's exactly what we're doing. We are Squawking with Hawkins. Good morning, Aaron Morena. Good morning. Happy anniversary. Um, is that? What? Today, today, Jamie Green, is the 10th anniversary of... Uh, Radio One's successful campaign to stop oh. the Students Association from selling it. Ah, ah! Is it the fifth of August? It is the fifth of August. That's amazing. That's well, that, right. that's happy anniversary to you, uh, especially, <laughs> and to uh, and Sean Norling, uh, especially as well. With you two really spearheading that uh, that charge uh, with with everybody else in support, of course. Uh, and oh, uh, a huge a huge campaign around people around the country and around the world and. Yeah, it was a, a remarkable effort, and the fact that we are able to have this conversation um, with this audience is a direct result of that. But exactly. Good old Zuckerberg reminded me that this morning. I thought like, that seems worth mentioning. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I might have to dig out some old uh, um, video footage of um, Sean on, te- on, on television. Uh, oh. and yes. <laughs> M- mutton chops. Mutton Good chops. Good sideburn. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm not allowed to talk about him on, on here. Uh, I'll get reprimanded for that. Um, let's talk about other things. Um, last month, uh, the local New Zealand government in, uh, conference was uh, held, the local government New Zealand conference, I should say, uh, which the government um, added a $2.5 billion sweetener to the pot for its proposed changes to the water services across the country. Um, now, there's been bits about this in the press, uh, but you only get so much. Um, it's somewhat been kind of confusing. So what exactly is being proposed? It is certainly complex, and this has been going on for quite some time, and it's a, it's a relief for it now to be in the public domain uh, to some degree because you know, this is the most significant um, proposal in terms of what local councils do uh, and, and what our purpose is uh, for over 30 years. It's a, it's a huge... Uh, if, you know, should the proposal proceed, and that seems increasingly likely... Um, then, then um, what we would see is the, the transfer of not the assets themselves, the, the three waters assets, which is your, your drinking water and your wastewater and your stormwater systems, uh, but the, the control uh, of um, operating those uh, assets would be aggregated up to uh, four entities that in this that span the country, and uh, we are an entity D, which roughly covers, well, there's, there's some debate about where the northern boundary would be, whether it's the, all of the South Island or whether it's the Naitahu Takiwa, which is um, slightly smaller than that. Yeah. Uh, and, and so they would be, that would be run by a separate water entity um, rather than by the individual three waters departments and, and councils as it currently is. Uh, there would be um, a governance group um, that is a, that would be appointed by um, 50/50 appointed by local government uh, and by uh, by iwi and, and in our case uh, simpler than it is up north because uh, we only have uh, one iwi to deal with and that group will then be responsible for appointing effectively a, a corporate board to govern the entity uh, and, and manage um, what we call the, 
letters of expectation and statement of intent, intent processes, which is similar to uh, how we engage with um, our council owned companies, Delta, Aurora, uh, Dean Venues, uh, etc., where you know, we set up the kinds of things that they want to do and they respond, and it's, not, it's a kind of arm's length uh, degree of influence into how things work. Uh, so that is effectively the, the proposal as it stands. There's a huge amount of, of data that has been put together by the Department of Internal Affairs uh, to demonstrate the value um, that everyone will be uh, better off uh, across the country under this model. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes some fairly significant assumptions as to how that is the case. Uh, for example, uh, under the under the proposed framework, they are suggesting that uh, it will just be more efficient by uh, one or two percent more efficient every year, year on year, effectively in perpetuity. Uh, and I don't know uh, how you can make those sorts of claims, and it makes me nervous because um, you know, anyone who remembers electricity reform in the 1990s, those things will sound sort of familiar. Yeah. And that, you know, if you set up a corporate structure, everything's just going to be more efficient and therefore it'll get cheaper and I don't know about your power bill, but um, mine doesn't seem to reflect that. No. Um, and so there's a so that is so at the moment. Uh, so what since then, uh, what's happened is the data has been uh, broken down by council area, and we got that last week. So last week we have all the information uh, as it pertains to Dunedin City. Uh, we have eight weeks to give feedback on whether we, whether or not we think the data is accurate or. Um, you know, or general, more generally, um, the feedback on the framework itself. Uh, government will then take that uh, and um, do with it as it sees fit uh, in terms of responding to the feedback it gets through that through that process, and then uh, a, a more a formal than a, a final um, model will go through cabinet for sign off. Uh, and councils will then make a decision whether or not uh, to stay in the reform program uh, or not. And it certainly, uh, and there are other there are other factors around. You know, there will be an economic regulator, which basically means that um, you know, no one will be able to get away with underinvestment in their network, and mm-hmm. uh, it will you know regulate how much income you can um, claw back, uh, similar to how lines companies operate. Yeah. Uh, so the, the choice isn't between staying in the reform program and staying with the status quo. That what, that's an, uh, an option under uh, under what is being proposed. Um, what is what is concerning for me, I guess, is that this is a huge decision for us to make on behalf of our communities, past, present, and future, uh, and for far smaller decisions. Um, that we make uh, far less significant decisions, uh, we have far higher um, expectations in terms of consulting with and engaging with our community. And we've been told all the way through this process that we will have an opportunity to be able to do that. Um, but you know, eight weeks from now, um, plus let's say another month for the cabinet papers to go through, and if we are supposed to be making decisions before Christmas, you don't have to be a mess with a define to figure out that there isn't a whole lot left. Yeah. Uh, in terms of how we would go about doing that. And so that is um, difficult. We don't know uh, what the window for public involvement will be. That will be uh, determined by uh, by government, and we are as keen to know as anyone. Um, but it is, it's a lot to do in a, a very short window of time. It sucks up a, 
huge amount of staff resource when at the same time we're still going about our day-to-day business and maintaining and planning for investment in our infrastructure and making sure that things work on a day-to-day basis. And similar, similarly, reforms of the Resource Management Act are significant um, and will uh, fundamentally affect uh, what we do and how we do it and how our community involves itself in planning. And that is also on a very ambitious uh, timeline in terms of um, that, uh, that legislative process. So uh, the expectations of, uh, of government, central government on us and, and our communities to be able to um, be meaningfully involved in, in fairly dramatic reform um, is challenging. Yeah. Put it mildly. So it seems like the government's been working on it for a long time, but the, as soon as it's announced publicly, they're going to push it through as fast as they can. And at this point, um, the public consultation might not matter anyway because it could go from being voluntary to you being forced, right? Well, we have always, again, we've always been told that this will be a genuine choice for your community. Um, but at the same time, every time I hear the minister speak, the language gets a little stronger. And yeah. you know, the model only works if everybody is involved. And um, and so, you know, they could just mandate it. Um, you know, if this is if they are so convinced by it, um, then you know you'd have to wonder why they wouldn't just do that anyway, rather than, uh, and we all know why these things happen, rather than um, hand over the poison chalice of decision making to uh, local councils. And it will be, you know, I mean, it's it's hard. And as you say, there's um, they, they're going to fund. Is you know, two and a half billion dollars. So they will take. I should have mentioned as part of this, they take not just the control of the assets, but also all of the debt that we currently carry associated with those assets will be transferred to the new entity. Oh, okay, um, so existing and, debt, and, and so and also, as you say, about um, um, monies to support other well-being outcomes. So I think Dunedin's share of that uh, is about forty-six million. Half of that is uh, money from the government. I think the other half is roughly a, a loan from the entity uh, that will then be repaid by the customers of that entity uh, through their water charges. So it's not certainly not free money as far as yeah. the community is concerned. But uh, in the in the short term, you know that is what's that is what's on the table. And I mean everyone's very in, interested in my personal views or council's collective views, but. So until we know what the question is um, and what's on the table and, uh, and and what we are and ideally what our community think about the final proposal as it comes uh, as it comes out, it's it's hard at this point to to have an informed opinion. And not all of my local government colleagues feel that way, um, but I think you know our our best option is to wait until we see what the final question is and, and then we're going to have to debate about whether that's going to work for us or not or whether an alternative is viable for us or not. Yeah. yeah. Um, so say this, you know, takes five years to implement and in the meantime we've done our capital works on George Street, right? So we, we've done that work. Uh, it's been upgraded. That debt that was created by that, would that therefore transfer to this new entity and then be spread out amongst the entire network? Yeah, I mean, the the short answer to the first part of that question is yes. So any yeah, any borrowing that we have done for, in that case, the below ground work. And, and yeah, 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 yeah. 
uh, would be would be transferred to the entity. Whether or not that is then um, sheeted home to the entire Takiwa, or whether those things are compartmentalised, so that, that that is carried by our district, I don't know. Um, my, my, I mean, one would assume that it would be um, spread out over the entire area, and there is certainly a fair degree of cross subsidisation in this, and that larger areas, larger population areas, will inevitably um, be supporting. Um, smaller rural populations and provincial uh, populations who don't have the uh, the capacity to to support the upgrades that are uh, that are required. Um, but we, I mean, our instructions going into our last ten year plan that we've just signed off were you know, it's business as usual in terms of what we are doing over the next three years. And so the the timeline as it currently sits from government is that the the new entities would be stood up and and running from July 2024. So there'll be a period over the next, and again, that is uh, a lot of work to do um, between now and then. So there'll be, you know, beyond the commitment to doing it, uh, there'll be the time between now and then to uh, refine its its design and and how it would operate and where staff would be based and, and all of those uh, and all of those sorts of things, yeah. which is bloody hard from a from an operational point of view, and that um, there's a fair degree of uncertainty for a lot of people working in this field, uh, and it's going to make things difficult, I think, in terms of recruiting good staff to do the work that needs to be done in the interim, because you know, understandably people would be nervous yes. about uh, taking um, jobs in local government in the water infrastructure space in the short term, um, not knowing what that might mean beyond July 2024. Uh, I mean, that also uh, would be a concern for contractors as well and how the tendering process is put out for these kinds of works, um, I, I, I would assume. Um, I, I just want to make things 100% clear here, 100% clear. We will all own the debt, but who will own the individual infrastructure? Who will own our infrastructure in Aotearoa? Will that be the collective, or would that still be the citizens of the Neden City? Uh, that's a that's a really good question. I mean, the, the assets, and broadly speaking, um, will be maintained in local ownership, and the structure is set up in a way so that um, it, because the, the one of the big um, you know, and electricity is a prime example. One of the big um, concerns we have is whether or not you're setting up the architecture for privatisation of uh, a fundamental human right, uh, uh, as in uh, as in water. And the the, the proposal was that for it to be privatised, um, uh, it would require a, a referendum of the local population and need more than 75% support for that to pass. Um, but probably more. Um, more reassuringly, I guess, the, the co-governance model um, involving, in our case, um, Naitahu, um, who have zero interest in the privatisation of uh, of the water system. I mean, that is a, uh, as far as the reassurances we've been given so far, that is the, probably the, the strongest one uh, in, in, in terms of um, making sure that it isn't uh, ultimately uh, ultimately privatised. But it's a, it's a good question. Um, in terms of whether it is you know, whether our stormwater drains are owned by Vatakiwa uh, or 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 Dunedin, but I think you know, should the proposal go ahead, I, I I think that's 
academic largely. I, I don't think it makes any meaningful difference. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> I have more things to ask you, but we've, um, we've run out of time. All I'm going to say now is I can imagine people like uh, that live in towns like Miller's Flat uh, and Lawrence aren't going to like this kind of thing, having to pay for big city waterworks. Uh, I can imagine that their rates bills will um, reflect having to pay for uh, larger city works uh, and and um, yeah. Oh, potentially, or, or, or potentially the reverse is true that um, upgrades, you know, and particularly people are on private water schemes and maybe may not want to be, you know, upgrades that um, and. and service provision in smaller communities that they don't have the capacity to pay for are probably more likely it's true. Uh, under a model like this when, when you have a greater uh, base of, of people um, paying into an entity that is that is planning that work. But, but you know, the, the concern is that um, how is that work prioritised when you are competing with um, Miller's Flat and, <laughs> and, and larger metropolitan areas and responding to... Um, you know, natural disasters or, or extreme weather events or That's whatever, right. that, would, yeah. that would necessarily divert resources to deal with that if something's being managed on a on a wider scale. And, and how do you make sure that the work that needs to be done in, in our city gets done um, when we need it to be done? And, and those are questions that remain uh, unanswered at this point. Well, those are questions we hope will get answered soon, and I'm sure you'll keep us up to date with that. Hey, thank you so mm. much, Aaron. Thanks, Jamie. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you later. All right, this is the Mayor Aaron Hawkins. Um, I had many other questions to ask him about, but um, unfortunately, uh, that's a, this is this is a, a massive change. It's huge. Um, so we really did have to talk about that and um, try to get some clearer answers to it. And the thing is, even the council don't have clear answers to, to their questions. Uh, but we will keep you up to date on what happens there because this will affect you now and into the future um, forever. Um, so uh, I think it's quite important to keep um, our ears and our eyes on that one. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.